Welcome to the original and the best Power Hour with Alex Burr and Dylan Hughes, members and podcast of the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Running Hooks Basketball Power Hour. I'm Alex Burr, joined once again by my co-host and great friend, J.D. Hall. J.D., um, no curveball this week, because if I threw a curveball, the Philadelphia Phillies would hit another home run off of it, like they did with Lance McCullers last night. I mean... Oh, man. Cal Schwarber. They rocked that dude. They, like, absolutely... That was a bomb from Kyle Schwarber. And the seven nothing was absolute um absolute rocking. I wanted to say off the top real quick, um, JD didn't know I was gonna do this, but rest in peace, take off. Um one of my favorite rappers. And Migos meant a lot to me. And just I, I don't have the words, I don't think. And it's just very sad and prayers out to Quavo and prayers out to Offset. I know that there was some issues going on. I don't know what's going to happen between Quavo and Offset because of this. But, you know, I hope that this brings them together instead of drives them further apart. And I hope that, um, yeah, I hope that take off family can find peace. But it's this whole situation sucks, JD. There's no there's no other way to put it. Yeah, man, it's it's one of them that it hurts. It just hurts to hear. It hurts to see. It hurts to even just read about it, you know. But definitely, rest in peace, take off. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> and on that very somber note, we got some interest. It was an interesting NBA week. Um, on Friday night, we were greeted to the right after the last power hour stopped. We were we finished recording. I think what ten minutes after we stopped recording, JD, was it even that that we found out that Josh Primo was released? Man, it, it was pretty instant. And we're like, okay, he he was in his second year. I don't. It hadn't even been a week <laughs> into his second year. I was like, this can't be good. And then, sure enough, um, it was found. Or it was reported that he had been exposing himself to female employees in yeah. the Spurs organization. JD, he is a young man, so there's hope for some rehabilitation here. He's like, I, he was the youngest player drafted in the 2021 draft. He was only 18 years old, but still, um, yeah. not a not a good look for Mr. Primo. Nah, and especially at the age of 19, you would think, uh, you would think he would know right from wrong in just that regard. And people want to use the he's still young. Honestly, I just feel that's utterly disgusting, man. He doing the right thing, going to seek mental help because that's he, he, like I said, he know right from wrong. He's not in elementary school or pre-k that, that's just unacceptable he i mean he is a man you know in the eyes of the law so if someone decides to press charges he will be charged as a man but in any case i don't see a reason why if the spurs should be feel like they need to keep a guy like him around 
I feel like cutting him may be seen as extreme, but when you saw what it was for, you're like, oh, I understand. And I don't know if he gets another shot in the NBA, you know. Yeah. It's it's really soon to say. Obviously, we got to give this time. We'll see how this plays out because, you know, if this is going to go to court, we'll see how it plays out in the court of law. Um, But it's going to be interesting to see and interesting to monitor because usually you don't see a guy's option get accepted and then he gets cut. Yeah. Literally a week later. That never happens. That never happens. So um, there's no good way to transition out of this one because some other juicy stuff has happened <laughs> with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I'm not touching the Kyrie thing with a 10 foot pole. I'm I'm not. Um, but Steve Nash was fired after a win, which is weird. Yeah, they could have waited one more day. They lost to my boys. <laughs> I mean, they should have probably waited one more day. And JD, now the rumor is that they are going to hire Ime Udoka from the Celtics, which is funny because we don't there we don't know what happened with him in the Celtics organization, but it sounds like some power dynamics may have been abused a little bit with the Ime uh, Udoka thing. Absolutely. We don't, we don't know for sure because no one said no one's come out and said it, right? It's been what, two months? And we still don't know. And with Primo, I, I, I have to say, um, I did think it was funny that we still don't know what Ima Yudoka did. And we found out what Josh Primo did in like a matter of, was it, was it even 24 hours? Man, it felt like it was nothing but <laughs> 10 seconds to pass. I, so, JD, just what are your whole thoughts on this? The Nets, by the way, are two and five. I should I should mention that um, the defense is atrocious as usual. And KD's doing all he can. Um, not much else is going right for the Nets, though. What is your thoughts on this whole Nets situation right now? Um, honestly, I have no clue what they're trying to do or what they're aiming for. But all I can say is that some more changes are expected some more changes are expected and we just gotta wait and see what they will be I mean I think Sean Marks is probably next to go just based on I don't think they want to get rid of Katie I don't yeah it's a that's another big question that I have who's next and is it will it be a player will it be a member of the staff I think okay I said I wasn't going to touch the Kyrie stuff with a 10 foot pole this is me touching with a 5 foot pole it's either going to be Kyrie or it's going to be Sean Marks it's going to be one of those two it's not going to be Kevin Durant um I this whole Kyrie thing has been a PR nightmare and it's it's going to be one of those two 
you can't. I, I don't think it'll be Kyrie. I don't think it'll be either. I think it'll be one of the two. I I think it'll be Marks. Well, I, JD, I just don't see any way Ky, Kyrie's a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, I don't think he comes back to Brooklyn. I don't. I ain't gonna lie. I never try to suspect what Kyrie Irving would do. <laughs> That's probably smart. <laughs> I mean, never anticipating Kyrie's first move, next move is always probably the correct move. Right. Because it's just easier. I mean, Kyrie's playing 40 checkers and we're all playing chess. And I don't, yeah. I here here's my thing though. I've seen some people say they should waive Kyrie. Absolutely not. Why I don't, I don't think they should go that far. But at this point, who's trading for Kyrie? I don't yeah. think anyone I don't think anyone is. And I don't think I think, I think somebody will, but let them go for free. That's never in question. But like, the Nets don't want to. The Nets don't want Westbrook. You know. Oh hell no! Hell no! And that's like probably the best they can do for Kyrie right now. And I I don't know. By the way, I don't. I'm gonna praise Westbrook because that's all it, you know. I'm a big Westbrook guy. So I have Westbrook praise coming up in our Lakers segment. Um, I mean, based off your top 100, I was a bigger Westbrook guy. But I mean, fair. But I, I appreciated what he did this week, and I, we'll, I we'll talk about that. him. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, the Nets. Apologies for the dogs. They they love people. <laughs> people just got back to the house. Um, I. I don't think I got anything else on the Nets, JD. Um, if we're ready to move on to our teams for the week. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. So I figured we'd start with the Lakers. Move. I figured we move through the teams we hate the most and get to the Heat because we both like the Heat the most. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So the Los Angeles Lakers are one in five. Um, I don't usually do the standings till about 20 games in because there's there's really no point at this early in the season. You know, yes, the Lakers are 14th. If they win four games in a row, they'll be what, 10th or like they'll be probably fifth. So it doesn't matter right now. Um, They lost on Wednesday to the Nuggets, 110 to 99. Lost to the Timberwolves, our other team this week, one of our other teams this week, 111 to 102. Then beat the Nuggets on Sunday. 121 to 110. They're playing the Pelicans tonight at home. Yeah, they um, lose. Well, the Pelicans have been in the Pelicans are a young team and they have been in LA since like Sunday. <laughs> so there's a chance. Nah, CJ got them together. LA lose. That's that's fair enough, but so okay. JD, what have you seen from this Los Angeles Lakers team so far? Absolutely nothing. I have this whole thing. They, 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 they not good. And I, I mean, just, I just really wanted to say 
Stop trying to scapegoat Russ. He's not the only issue. He's not the only issue. People not playing defense. The team don't play defense. Outside Anthony Davis, they have zero defenders. Absolutely zero. And let's be honest. With all that Anthony Davis got to do for that trash team, I'm starting to understand why he always hurt. Because they suck. He got to make two, three efforts to get a block because they can't rebound as a team. I hate that he always hurt, but let's be honest. When you got a workload like him and LeBron, that's what you suspected. You're going to suspect the top guys to get hurt. They got to do everything. Nobody else can, can put up 20. Nobody else can rebound. Nobody else can block. Okay, Westbrook can rebound. But they scapegoated Russ so much, now he coming off the bench. And he's still playing the same way, to be honest. Only difference was some shots went down. That's literally the only difference. He played the same way. Some shots went down. And not for him, for everybody else. Russ had 18, 8, and 8. Part of the thing was they finally did what they wasn't doing before. They let him be himself. You're supposed to let him be himself no matter who he's on the floor with. That's what make Russell Westbrook Russell Westbrook. Because he plays one way. Him moving to the bench, I'm not giving no credit to why he played better. They finally let him be himself. Yeah, for real. I, so, you know, our good friend Caleb Lynn. He, I'm pretty sure he said some blasphemy. He did. He said Compazzo was better than Westbrook. Caleb Lynn. He, he might have been joking. I'm still not sure. Um, Caleb Lynn wasn't joking. <laughs> Let me tell you something I know about Caleb Lynn. Caleb will make terrible hot takes and be so convinced that he's right. So I'm pretty sure he thought he was right when he said that. That's I mean, Caleb Lynn. Love him, is, but that's Caleb Lynn. My thing with this Lakers team is that the shooting is just dreadful. It's the worst freaking team I've ever seen pick up a basketball when it comes to shooting. LeBron is taking by far the most attempts. Like and he look, shouldn't. He should not he should not be your guy who's taking your most threes. How is LeBron your, your top three point shooter? Well, he's he's technically not because that's Austin Reeves, but Austin Reeves only taking 17 threes. Exactly. And so is LeBron by default. <laughs> that's 17 threes in six games is three threes a game. So <laughs> that's not a whole lot. Um Lonnie Walker is Taking five a game, making 22% of them. 22%. I know you wish the Spurs let them do that. You know what's been interesting when I've watched the Lakers this year is the the way the teams guard them is that they're just like, they're throwing five guys in the paint and they're just like, okay, you're not going to beat us from the outside. And if you do, congratulations. It's not going to happen again. Exactly. They essentially plan zone the entire time. And you can do that against the Lakers because... You can't afford to play Matt Ryan, you know, 
It's what Milwaukee did to the Bulls the last game of the uh, series. Mm -hmm. That's what the Heat have been doing all all season (laughs) with two varying results. But we'll talk about them later. Um, The Nuggets, like, I haven't watching LeBron. His finishing this year has been dreadful. I don't know if it's because of the spacing, but he's been missing layups with Jokic contesting at the rim. LeBron, old LeBron, never used to miss layups. Never. And it's concerning me because it's LeBron. <laughs> and, you know, you. I had some faith in this team making a plan. I, I, I don't have any doubt in their defense, honestly. Their defense, honestly, hasn't bothered me one bit. Um, I feel pretty strongly about their defense at, in a few games because Patrick Beverly has, you know, done his magic again. You throw him on a team with a struggling defense, he's going to make it better. But the offense, J.D., like Patrick Beverly... They don't even play Patrick Beverly enough, in my opinion. I mean, he's playing what? I'm not doing that math. Um, he's playing almost 30 minutes a game, and he's st- he's the starting guard for them. Yeah, yeah, I know. It just I don't I don't know. It's maybe it's I don't know. They they really have no situational lineup, and maybe that's what made me think he's not playing enough. Well, I. <laughs> So maybe this is a good opportunity to talk about. They a team, I think you they have to play their best five at all times because they don't have a situational group. They that bad. But I they they don't even have a shooting lineup. This is the problem, JD, is that Russ, AD, and LeBron, none of those guys can shoot, right? It's the fundamental problem with the Lakers. None of those guys can shoot. So when you play all three of those guys together, you are cramping the floor even more than it already was before. And then you're just making it harder for your, like, then you're like, okay, Russ, when Russ was starting, those threes were just wide open for a reason. They weren't even like guarding him. Like he would do the Steve Nash thing and they would just leave him after he left the paint. Like they'd be like, okay, Go out to the three-point line. Go to the corner. We don't care. <laughs> like, and then AD, AD shooting eighteen percent from three. I mean, the bubble's looking more and more like a fluke from him. And I don't know. Like, AD looked really dominant in that game on Sunday, right against the Jokic, which was good. That's probably the best I've seen him look in a little while. But there were still plays in that game where he was grabbing his back and it's like, bro, are we just going to have to do this, deal with this all the time? Essentially. <laughs> here's, here's my question. Okay. There's a guy who's playing for the Pacers right now who went on a podcast this week. I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw this. I heard about it. I didn't watch it because I, I saw his name. I saw Lakers. I saw Pacers. I thought trash. <laughs> well, he went on the podcast and was like, Hey, um, I don't know why the Lakers I didn't watch the clip but I read what he said I was like I don't know why the Lakers shouldn't trade for me I'm a great young I'm a great center Isn't, he didn't say great but you know what I mean it's like I'm a great fit for this team you have a championship window he's basically campaigning for a trade for them 
I think Miles Turner would fit this team's need like a glove. Absolutely. The problem is, is that I don't think that Pacers trade moves the needle for them in the way you need it to, to give up those two first round picks. Yeah. And I don't know what does like, so let's say, let's just, let's go through some of those packages, right? Like I'm, I've seen like getting Clarkson and Conley and Bogdanovich, right? When Bogdanovich was still on the jazz, their defense is still trash. <laughs> if they make yeah. that trade. Okay. None of them defend. Or like Rozier and Hayward for Westbrook, right? Hayward. Yeah, still no defense. And Hayward plays what? 40 games a year at this point? Hayward can't stay healthy. What was the last time he played a full season? I don't even know. I don't even know the last yeah, time Gordon Hayward played last a full time season. In his last season in Utah was the closest. I think, yeah. And Rozier is really good. I think Rozier next to LeBron would be great. But that doesn't fix all your holes. It just fixed not one even hole. close. Not even close. So I people mean, think that if they could shoot, they could outscore anybody. And I'm sorry, but y'all, that's not true. That's that they are not a team that could just do that. They too they honestly, they too damn old. And I mean, I'm sorry, Kendrick. I was never impressed by Kendrick Nunn when he was in Miami. I just okay. wasn't. Okay, I was. I mean, he was okay, but I was like, you could do better at point guard, and uh, they were always better when Dragic was. I mean, JD, you yeah, know it's yeah, but Kendrick Nunn not a, really a point guard. I don't look at him to play point guard. Maybe either, that's the difference. Well, that's because Bam Adebayo was their point guard, and I think that's we're talking a lot about the Heat so far. Um, I. I think they should just play Matt Ryan more. Just pull the plug. He can space the floor for you. At some point, you're going to play a guy who has a big hole somewhere, right? <laughs> you're playing a lot of guys who have a big hole in shooting. Darvin, you've done a great job coaching this defense up. None of these guys can put the ball in the bucket. Lonnie is really athletic, right? He brings a really great infusion yeah. of athleticism that this team needs. That's the only time Lonnie really been looking good when he's in a fast break. On a fast break, I mean. There's a reason why the Lakers were able to get him for so cheap. Yeah, because the Spurs knew. And you were you were a huge Lonnie Walker fan when he was in San Antonio. I was. You, you were a huge Lonnie Walker believer. But, I mean, I don't think this is the role for him. I think he needed to go to a team. This, this is my opinion. You tell me if I'm wrong, okay? If I was him, I would have gone to try to go to a team like Detroit where I could have unlimited shots playing next to a guy like Cade Cunningham be like a three, two, three and develop that way and not have any expectations. Am I crazy? I feel like that was the spot for him rather than being on a team that has aspirations for a title. Yeah. Honestly, I was thinking, why not try Charlotte? Yeah. Somewhere. I I honestly thought he would have been good for Charlotte. Somewhere that there was an expectation. I mean, Troy Brown isn't any good. Yeah, he should have stayed with the Bulls. He actually looked nice over there. I mean, what's your definition of nice? (laughs) Give me three minutes, make one three, sit down. Yeah, the problem is is they're asking him to play 27. Yeah, I mean, you get what you get, right? (laughs) You don't ask for that. I... 
I must not have seen any games with Juan Toscano Anderson because you know, I have, like, and honestly, they have I haven't been impressed by nothing. I mean, I was you know I'm a huge fan of his game, but I don't know if he's going to move the needle for them either. It's, this is a team of just not not needle movers. Like the best, the best thing I saw him do was breathe on the floor. I mean, Thomas Bryant, I, you know, that's a guy I think would make a big impact when he gets back, but not for that team. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be. They suck. Is, we just is, have to leave it at that. But okay, here's the question Is it a complete lost cause or is it just an almost lost cause? No, it's, I think, com- it's a complete lost cause for that team. They're absolutely trash. So you just think you're just writing them off for the whole season. Like they're going to win 25 games. I want to say 25, but I don't got them winning a lot of games. Like, I think they right outside the. Um... You think they're like. So here, here's my other question. Okay. Who's better than them at the bottom of the conference? So I think we. So here's my top five. That's going to finish in the regular season. This is my top five for the playoffs. Top five for the regular season is in no order. Warriors, Nuggets, Pelicans, um, Suns, Grizzlies. Is that a fair five? Warriors, Nuggets, Pelicans, Suns, Grizzlies. Okay. So I think the Wolves are better than the Lakers. I agree. I think the Clippers are obviously are better than the Lakers. I think... The Mavericks are better than the Lakers. Agreed. I think the Blazers are better than the Lakers. I won't agree there. I think they got, I think they built to, I think they got a better foundation, but I'm not going to say better just because I I take the Lakers two top players over uh, Portland. And I still would take Westbrook over Simons. So, so here's the question then. So it's just all about if the Lakers able to make moves. So do you think that the Lakers will make the play in then? No. So do you think so? Which team? Okay, I'm going to give you teams. Do we agree? Rockets completely out of it. Yeah, I think Sacramento can still make a run at the play in. <laughs> Jazz completely out of it in spite of their incredible. No, 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 no. Nope, 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 never. They made they're, me lose so much money so far this year. I, I'm sold on them. They're trading their guys at some point, JD. They're not keeping and, until they trade them. I'm all in on Utah. Okay, how about San Antonio? Oh, hell no. So we're out on San Antonio. They, they started off good too, but not like that's Utah. not that's not sustainable. So we're out on two teams. Okay, so that leaves three other teams to miss the playoffs. So you still are a little optimistic on the Kings, on the Blazers. So that leaves one other team. The Thunder have gotten off to a, like, they were yeah, a but pretty they bad not, start. I don't think they're going to be good. I mean, but they, do you think they could be better than the Lakers? That's not too much to ask. Uh, <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. I'm not saying they're, you know, they're going to break the world here. I'm just saying better than the Lakers. It's a chance, man. I can't last a chance. 
So we're we're at a dark place where JD's admitting the Thunder have a chance to be better. Real quick, Shay, man. Amazing. Man, Shay, this is not an OKC week, AB. I know, but Shay, I just I want to shout him out real quick because Shay is looking um, like he might be I might have put the wrong two guys in the top 25. You know what I'm saying? I might have, I might not have put the, the right guy in the top 25, but I mean, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> any last Lakers thoughts before we move on to the Wolves? Mm, no, they just suck. Okay. So for the Minnesota Timberwolves, JD and I have a fun idea for this segment, but before we do that, they are four and four. Um, in the last week, they beat the Spurs one thirty four to one twenty two. They beat the Lakers one eleven to one hundred two. Then they lost to the Spurs one hundred seven to ninety eight, and lost to the Suns last night one sixteen to one hundred seven. So our idea for this segment was this: JD and I are going to talk to each other. We're not going to carry on the same conversation. I'm going to say a, se- a basketball sentence about the Timberwolves. JD is just going to say something he hates about the Timberwolves. For instance, I'll say, oh, the Wolves, you know, defense is a disaster. JD will say Rudy Gobert is a, you fill in the blank. Trash back. <laughs> wow, that's very PG of you. I'm surprised. Um, okay. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Carl Anthony Towns needs to be traded right now. Carl Anthony Towns is a hypocritical um, I was about to call him something, but I don't want to just like that. He's a hypocritical fake leader. Carl Anthony Towns needs to realize being a power forward is different than being a center. Carl Anthony Towns needs to apologize to Anthony Edwards and Jimmy Butler for the reason being he cried about Jimmy leadership and Jimmy never publicly came out and said anything about him. And for him to come out publicly and try to challenge Anthony Edwards as if he's not the best player on the team, he should apologize. Anthony Edwards is better than him. D'Angelo Russell is... I don't know if he's tanking or whatever, but he, D'Angelo Russell needs to get his act together. Agreed. And Rudy Gobert's just ass. I hate watching him play. I hate the fact he plays basketball. He suck. He's a disgrace to all the great centers. Um, he make more money than he score. Um, I'm sorry, you said one thing. Torian Prince, I don't think I've seen him miss a three this year. Oh, I like Torian Prince. Rudy Gobert is overrated. I think Rudy Gobert is the better fit for Anthony Edwards than Carl Anthony Towns. I think Rudy Gobert shouldn't be in the NBA. I I like Popeyes. I think I like DeAndre Aiden more than I like Rudy Gobert. <laughs> this was a great idea (laughs) I think um, I think Kyle Anderson was a great pickup and I think that he's going to make a huge impact in in the season I think last year's Minnesota team was better than this year's I agree I think I think playing drop is a horrible idea for Carl Anthony Towns team 
I think every time Rudy Gobert plays drop, we see guys like Damon Steph get career highs. Oh, I'm sorry. Ben Simmons did too. Every time Carl Anthony Towns has to chase it, um, every time Carl Anthony Towns has to chase the shooter around a screen, an angel loses its wings. Every time Carl Anthony Towns goes to the press conference, he should start with, I'm sorry, Anthony Edwards and Jimmy Butler. Anthony Edwards' talents might be wasted by this team. Anthony Edwards was challenged by Carl Anthony Towns, came back and had a 30 ball. And then the best part about it was Carl Anthony Towns didn't even publicly say nothing. Straight hypocrite. If you call him out of public, you should apologize in public. I hate him. I watched three Timberwolves games this week, and the best center, the best Anthony Edwards looked with a center on the floor was with Nas Reed. Uh, I don't I think that should be the one that finishes it because that's so mean. <laughs> you know what? One last thing. I just hate the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. It's okay, so now that we're actually gonna talk to each other, I, I that was fun, JD. I think we should do that more often. Um yeah, this team wasn't very fun to watch. It was pretty like even when they won, uh, I didn't watch the win against the Spurs. I watched the two losses and I watched the win against the Lakers. Um, even the games they even the game they won that was pretty like they should have lost that game to the Lakers. And the only reason they didn't is because they were playing the Lakers. That was pretty brutal. Oh man, that's true. And they, the Spurs still should have beat them. Well, the Spurs did beat them the second yeah, time. They no, they should have beat them the second time. When uh, even after Anthony Edwards had to come out and kill them, just just shut up, Carl Anthony Towns. Like, oh my gosh, like, dude, you're not even a top three center no more. I I do think to bring it to some serious basketball discussion here. We are seeing like growing pains from this team, but sometimes you like last year, right? I think we we agree, right, JD? From the jump, this Russell Westbrook thing in LA, Russ and LeBron, ju- we just knew right from the jump that wasn't going to work. Oh yeah, that's why I love the trade. And I think we we know. I think we kind of knew. Like I kind of like would justify it, like oh, you could have Towns be the ball handler. Oh, you could have you know. <laughs> You could do a lot of different stuff. This isn't Mobley Allen, right? Exactly. Towns is slow. <laughs> Towns needs to play five. And he's a hypocrite. I mean, being a hypocrite doesn't have anything to do with the basketball court, but we're going to. Yes, it does. Okay. I mean, he, thought he, he didn't want a leader that challenged him, but he publicly challenged somebody that's better than him. Like, that's such a hypocritical thing. Anthony Edwards, the one that stuck up for him. In Okay, I know this isn't a popular thing to do. In his defense, last year, Ant was calling Cat out in press conferences a little bit. So I do think they do this to each other in press conferences. Now, is what he said something I would say in a press conference? 
No. But how can you say that he better than you? I mean, here's here's my thing. Okay. Listen, if you go challenge the best player on the floor, make sure that you that you the best that you could uh, match that every night, and he don't. The next game, he had sixteen and nine. I there was one he did. La- there was one um, Ant did last year where he I I don't remember what he said. But he was like, "Cat's got to be more aggressive. You're being double teamed." Like, I I do think this is just like kind of their communication style. You know, it is a little awkward when it's through the media, right? Where you're calling each other out in public instead of like doing it in the locker room. But maybe Ant needs to be taken to public for him to actually hear things, you know, and. JD, I do think we can agree. <laughs> he came into the season at 238. For a 6'4 guard, it's a little heavy. He was a football player, but I think 225 is probably a little more sustainable for an 82 game season. Now, again, probably not the exact messenger you want. It probably would come off better from a guy like Rudy Gobert who has been an incredible, sh- like you say what you will about him, JD Rudy has been in great shape his whole career. Yeah. Like, and I'd rather listen to a guy who at least has made the playoffs most of his career than somebody who can't make it unless Jimmy Bull or Patrick Beverly over here. I mean, it's fair. Okay. Do you, what have you seen from when Kat and Gobert share the floor together? Um, Awkwardness. I don't think that Gobert is comfortable playing out there next to uh, Cat most times because Cat not known as a passer. Cat catches him by surprise when he passes, and Gobert not either. So a lot of times you will see some awkward post ups from one or the other. Um. They posted, they talked a lot about doing screen to screen on bigs, and I think it's not that good for them to try that. So it's, it's a bunch of different things that I just feel like that team is not equipped for. And I think most of it is due to those two planets to each other. Oh, you're 100% right. And it's always going to be awkward because Cat, I think, is stuck in this center mentality. But I think people saw the three-point shooting and were like, oh, forward, he's a forward. He's not a forward. He can't really handle like that. His handle's okay for a center, right? His handle's pretty good for a center. Let's not, let's not hate on him that much. But he, his handle's subpar for a forward. Like, Jason Tatum looks at his handle and is like, bro, you suck at dribbling. <laughs> like Jalen Browns looks at him and like, damn, you can't go left or like you can't go through your legs with a swiftness. And I, he tries some passes that are really bad. I saw this thing and it, this goes for Russell too. Rudy likes to catch the ball high. I'm sure you noticed that when he was in Utah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like even like whether it be lobs or whether it just be like, 
passes towards his head. He likes to catch it high. D'Lo and Cat like to throw it at the guy's stomach. And because they like to do those little weird wraparound passes. And I don't know if that's they're going to have to kick that habit <laughs> because Rudy's one of like, again, Rudy's one of the say what you will about him. He's a great finisher at the rim. And you want to put your guys in positions to succeed. You want to get him the ball. And I don't think the Wolves, like in the game against, and I was one of those games. I don't remember which one. There was one of the games they lost. I think it was the last one they played. He had like 10 free throw attempts because he, because they kept throwing bad passes. If they threw the pass high, probably three of those are dunks. And he only has like four free throw attempts. Now he made a lot of those free throws. But JD, you don't want Rudy Gobert taking ten free throws in a game. No, you just you don't. Want, you want him catching at least ten lobs. It was it was the Phoenix game. He took seven free throws last night. He was seven for seven. But you don't want him taking seven free throws. You and it, against the Lakers, he took twelve free throws. You don't want him taking twelve free throws. Now against the Lakers, he was pretty dominant. But also, AD wasn't playing in that game. So not impressive. He sucks. He should have dominated that game. Um, and Biznak Biombo was his opponent last night. He did not dominate. Um, Biznak. On defense, the communication is abysmal. On just all fronts. Oh, McDa- yeah. McDaniel's Jaden McDaniel's, who you know is one of my favorite players. He is doing his best. <laughs> But JD, he's my he's my Jared Vanderbilt. Simply put, he's not Jared Vanderbilt. There's a reason he lost his starting spot to him, and he, I mean, he has great weak side blocking instincts, right? But you're playing the three now. You're not a four. Like he's Jared or McDaniel's isn't a natural four like Vanderbilt was. No, and it's just. Cat playing the four is going to be a disaster on both sides, I think, especially on defense. Russell, Russell, I thought was good on defense last year. I don't know what happened. It's been bad. And Ant, he don't look interested right now, as if he doesn't either get traded. Ant doesn't either. I don't know what's going on. Like Ant should be. Ant's always like talking a big game, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna be. I could be a lockdown defender if I wanted to. Then be one. You have the tools to do it. Last season, he stepped up a whole lot. But this season, I don't think nobody is comfortable with each other. Well, in a lot of Ant's problems, J.D., you probably noticed this. A lot of his problems are usually off the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's never on ball for Ant. It's always like he falls asleep off the ball. Then he has to recover. Like there were a couple of plays where Booker got him out of position and like it got the contest, but by that time it was too late because Booker was already elevating. The Booker's too good to be coming to a late contest. And then the bench, like Noel can't defend for shit. Anderson's a good defender, but there's a reason they call him slow mo. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think this team, this is okay. To kind of wrap up the Wolves, because we have been talking about them for a little while. I think they're a play in team. Like I was, like I think they're a strong playing team, but I thought Ant, and I, I do think a little bit 
of it is that the lane is so cramped that Ant can't make as much of a difference. Let's let's actually talk. We should talk about Ant for a couple minutes. How much of an impact do you think the lane being cramped is making on Anthony Edwards? The lane being cramped? Uh, the lane? The lane? Mm-hmm. Oh, tremendously. When is Ant at his best? When he can dominate going to the hole because he's so explosive and he's such a crafty finisher, that's when he becomes a knockdown shooter. When they, when he already done seen the shot go through the um, hole, and what's the easy way to get started than dunking or getting a layup? I think his you know, passing has upgraded a lot this year, and that but that see with that that's taken away from D'Angelo Russell. I think it should be a situation where they both should be able to handle the ball. But I think nobody nobody's role is clear anymore. Last year, I think it was very straightforward on who was going to do what and how they was going to be. So, okay, here's a question. Is it time to trade Russell? Like, and have Ant be the point guard? Or is he not ready for that yet? I would say not yet, only because I don't. You can start Cal Anderson and let him and D, him and let him and Ant run the one and two. But the problem, regardless of any of this, is you still have to trust all of them defending. And yeah, they long and should be able to defend. They're going to have the slowest pace in the league. And that's not good for a team that ran last year. Gobert, at his best when he's able to run. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't, I don't think the team, I don't, the way they was just put together and thought was to be better, I thought was stupid and I hope they fail. That's okay. So remember in my little spiel, right? When I was saying this team would be better off with Gobert instead of Cat, and I know you don't like, I know you don't like Gobert, but can I can I make my spiel? Can I make my pitch for it? Go ahead. So I think Gobert covers up for Ant's biggest flaws, right? I think Ant's biggest flaws are off-ball defense, like falling asleep off-ball, and. You know, he I think vertical spacing in the long run is going to help Ant, but the vertical spacing is going to make a damn when Cat is parked up at the elbow. <laughs> you know, if you have three guys inside, inside the three point line, vertical spacing doesn't make a difference. You know, it's only when you have four out one in. That's when vertical spacing means something when rolling to the rim hard means something. I think if you get rid of Towns and you get rid of Russell and you make Edwards, the primary ball handler, you have Gobert be a consistent roller. I don't know who like a Ricky Rubio type presence would be. I think this team needs a Ricky Rubio type presence. I would instead love of Russell. for that. I would love for that. But uh, <laughs> hey, man, anything to see Rudy Gobert in Minnesota fail on with. But I, I just I don't think. Listen, you know, I'm a huge, you know, I was a huge Towns defender, J.D., I think it's yeah. time to pull the plug. I ever since he said what he said about Anthony Edwards, I thought he should too. You're I just, not I, a leader, and for you to 
think, claim that you are and then do the same thing you cried about. Even though you never was called out publicly for it. Okay. Well, go somewhere else there. Go play on Boston or something. So here's here's my last question. At what so like what game into the season will you give up hope on the Timberwolves? Like I know you probably already have, but like I did as soon as the trade went down. What game like if this isn't working still, like let's say if this isn't working like twenty games in, do you give up hopes on them making the sixth seed? Um no, I give up like thirty-five. 35. I say, I say around 35 to 50. A team should be finding a groove already, hitting a stride. Their identity should be found. That's fair. I agree with. I was going to say, like, 20, 25 games in, I'll be concerned, like, extra concerned. I'm already concerned now, but, you know, yeah. I, I kind of expected growing pains, right? I didn't expect this to be smooth sailing right from the jump. Because, um, you know, I was a big fan of what Minnesota did last year. I'm a huge fan of Finch as a coach. I mean, he made Boogie and Davis work in um, New Orleans. He unlocked Jokic in Denver. I mean, Finch's resume as an assistant is like honestly insane. <laughs> like I could just go pull it up on um, reference right now. So, okay. He was an assistant in Houston for a long time, right? He unlocked Harden in Houston, then goes to Denver, goes to New Orleans, um, is the associate head coach Zion's first year there, which is, and also Ingram's first year there. And then he was, you know, he was in that one year in Toronto, which we don't talk about with the year they were in Tampa when everyone was bad, but we don't, we don't talk about that year because that year was bad for the Raptors. But um, any last Wolves thoughts, JD, before we move on to the Miami Heat? Um, no. Nah. So the Miami Heat are three and five. A um, little bit of rough sledding for them to start the season, but I think they're starting to find their groove a little bit again. So a little bit of a West Coast road trip. They um they beat the Blazers in Portland 119 to 98. I do think it's important to note that Dame did go down in that game in the third quarter. But still, a win's a win. Um they lost to the Warriors 123 to 110, lost to the Kings 119 to 113, and then beat the Warriors 116-109. Um JD <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give the first impression on this one. This team is too small. Absolutely. Like Bam had a great game last night against the Warriors. Like he came out strong. He was super physical and imposing. He put his will on that game, right? And Jimmy also was amazing in that game. Jimmy's gonna be amazing every night. I think Jimmy if Jimmy can play 60 games this year, he's gonna make all NBA team. Um that being said. They need this team needs Jared Vanderbilt. They need O'Shea Brissett. They need someone who's not getting playing time or who a team is looking to dump because they need rebounding and they need size at the four. Mm-hmm. I, I love I think Vanderbilt fit everything that Miami is made of. Exactly. Exactly. I think Vanderbilt, man, but 
let's 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 not talk about what they don't have right now. Let's talk about what they do have. JD, before last night, what were you seeing from Bam? Um it's consistency in his aggressiveness, which is my problem with Bam. Bam, you you the second best player. And you're easily the second best all-around player. You should look to dominate. You're the only true big that they're going to play on a consistent basis. Dominate. Make these teams fear you. You got all of the skills. You can shoot, but you hesitant. You can drive on most of these people, but you hesitant. You have a nice touch, but you're hesitant. You have to be aggressive. I hate that he's so passive. He's too good of a passer for his own good. Well, he is, but also, J.D., I thought one of the adjustments they made last night was that he was playing, like, you know, not rookie year, Bam, but what was, in essence, his first year being a star when he was handling the ball a whole lot, when he was, you know, basically... When he broke out. Yeah. Before Lowry, before, like, you know, Dragic was starting for them. I really liked that adjustment they made because that was huge for them. And he was playing so well. Um, And I thought Lowry was playing really. Lowry's a smart player, right? I know he's not as good as he was his last year in Toronto, even. And I know he's not as good as he was, you know. Or like in the championship year, he's 36 and he's a small point guard. He was going to fall off a little bit, right? He was too smart, too smart to be a non-factor, right? I think if you have him in kind of an off-ball role where he's cutting, making himself useful on secondary actions, I think Lowry could be a great player to have off of Bam who helps make stuff happen. Oh, yeah. I honestly wish... um... Lowry can get back into. I want Lowry to get back into just feeling like this is when I should score. I'm going to score. Sometimes I think he's still trying to figure out what's best. And Lowry, just be you. Just that. That's literally all. Just be you. Yeah, you don't have to be. You don't have to be 2019 Kyle anymore. You just have to be. You know. You're not carrying any teams anymore. You just have to keep the play going, keep the play alive. You have shooters on this team. Caleb Martin is on fire. <laughs> Caleb Martin is taking some of the craziest shots I've ever seen. <laughs> and I don't know what's gotten into him. He's been great. Um, Hero. Here's my problem with Hero. I lose him sometimes out there. Like I don't even see him out there sometimes. I swore I lost him last night in the Warriors game. But yeah, I did, I did lose him because he only played 10 minutes. It makes sense. He must have only played in the first quarter because that, yeah, that explains a lot. Yeah, I was like, I, no wonder I didn't see him. Um, as I watched from the second quarter on. Um, Hero can be really inconsistent, which is what you expect from him. Right. I think they need him to be a consistent bucket getter. Right. Absolutely. Like they need him to be the 20 point scorer he was last year. It's all, we're only eight games in. So, you know. And I think 
their pace is slow enough. I think this team needs to increase the pace by a lot. It should. That's, what, that's one they, thing I'll say. A lot of those guys are investing. Jimmy, animal in transition. Bam, animal in transition. Caleb Martin, very versatile in transition. Cal Lowry, he's always been a better shooter when he's on the run, especially going to his left, similar to Lou Williams. Um, Tyler Hero, young guy, Duncan Robinson. Give these guys open threes. Struess, Gabe Vincent, actually more athletic than you would know if you watched him in transition. Right. Here's here's my question for you, JD. Um, Do you think, so we talked about like playing small, right? Is that going to be the way to beat the lack of size for now? Like playing with the traps because they're already going to a lot of zone and there, it doesn't, the numbers don't back it up, but it feels like it on the eye test. They're getting killed in the glass. Yeah. I think, the, I think the best option for them would be to play a lot faster and play a lot more aggressive. You know how Boston was able to do last year when Robert Williams was out. They played mm-hmm. aggressive, but they got in transition. Yes, Boston sounds a little younger, but to be honest, Horford older than Jimmy, and Jimmy and Larry is the oldest thing you got on um, Miami. And they both play better in transition than Horford. So, obviously, because they smaller. But get in transition. You should look, they should look to push the pace early and often. And they actually got a couple guys off the bench they could throw at you. Yeah, I mean, Struess is shooting like a man on fire off the bench. I mean, only 36% for the season, but last night had 24 points. Um, Duncan Robinson had a really good game last night off the bench. They got and that's- so many shooters. In transition, those guys excel on a different plane, right? It's... You know, Udonis Haslam has already played in two games. <laughs> hey, man. He matched his season high from last year. I know. it's a, That's going to be a season high for like the last 10 years or something. Um, I want to talk real quick, if that's okay. Gabe Vincent. I feel like if they do get a new power forward, I feel like I would start. I know Vincent's small, but he plays so much above his size. I'd start Vincent and Lowry together. And still bring Hero off the bench. Like Oh yeah. Am I am but, I crazy there? But I think Struz plays very well off Jimmy and Bale. I he that, that is fair. That is fair. There's they have so many lineup combinations. I like Vincent a lot though. The defense is killer to me. Like I think yeah. that they got And he's very gritty. He's very gritty. I think that they got they need to upgrade that backup center spot too, but um oh, yeah. Any last heat thoughts, JD, before we wrap it up for the week? Um, let's go, Jimmy. <laughs> I want to say real quick. Um, bam. I'm going to look into the camera. Bam. Please. We know you're capable of this all the time. I, I Okay. JD said, you are capable of shooting. You have that little 15-footer in your back pocket. Please pull up from 15 feet more. Please. You can do it. He should average 20 and 10 in his sleep now. He should. He should. I, the fact that he's not averaging 10 rebounds a game is kind of concerning given the fact that who else is grabbing rebounds on this team? Exactly. Like, I, I want to put you in top three over Cat. 
even though I already got you over him right now. But this year is the year to solidify it. Come on. So in um total in grabbing rebounds, they're 28th in grabbing total rebounds. They're 29th in grabbing defensive rebounds. And if that ain't like what we're talking about, I don't know what is because it's not like they're allowing their teams to shoot, you know, a super high percentage against them. No, and they it's just, just the second chances. And it's like, JD, I'm sure you played a lot of zone when you were in school. I actually don't know if you did, but you know, when you're younger, you do play a good amount of zone. When and I got he, out of shape, I started playing a lot of zone. Before that, I played a lot of man. When you, JD, I'm sure you know though. When you play zone, it's a lot harder to box out, especially when you only have one big and four smalls out there. Exactly. And Jimmy, okay, one last shout out. Jimmy at the four. Jimmy's basically playing the four this year. He's making. He has 30. been. Jimmy is shooting threes this year and making them, making them. And again, I'm I. We kind of brought it up in passing. If he keeps playing like this, he's going to make an all NBA team. He had six deals in the first Golden State game. Yeah. Hey, man. It was crazy. Madman Jimmy. All right. But um, we got to get going. JD, what do you got to promote on Facts and Stats? MU Doku uh, situation episode coming out ASAP. That's awesome to hear. Um, Power Hour. A good friend, Dylan Hughes, will be coming back next week. He is off a tour. Speaking of the power hour for next week, our teams will be the Portland Trailblazers, the Boston Celtics in Ime Udoka's old team, and our bad team for the week will be the Charlotte Hornets. I don't even know if they're bad. I've been real intrigued by the Hornets because (laughs) I don't even know what's up with them. Like, they, that, that's Steve Clifford, man, though. Steve Clifford's going to get them to 35 and 47. They're not going to get anywhere close to women, Yama. That's just going to be... <laughs> that's just going to be how it goes. Um, make sure you check out Lynn Sanity. Um, Lynn Sanity, Caleb Lynn is recording. And, you know, NFL season's in full swing. He slandered me about fantasy football on the last podcast. I do have a... Um, let me let me just make some claims real quick. Let me look into the camera again. Caleb, I you know I do have a better record than you in fantasy, right? You you know that, right? I you beat me last week, but I'm six and two. You're four and four. So don't act like, don't act like I'm the worst fantasy football player of all time. When I you brought me down to six and two, you were three and four coming into that game. Buddy, you had a giant hole to come out of. I was in the pole position. JD, I'm in second place in the fantasy football league. I'll be honest. I think Caleb, Zach, and Bryce are some of the worst uh, fantasy people ever. Well, you have fantasy basketball grudges that we won't get into. But I just, Caleb, Caleb said, talk trash about me on the last Linsanity. I had to defend my honor. JD. And I agree with everything you said. Screw Caleb Lee fantasy wise. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, I, I appreciate my ally on this. Um, JD. Oh, make sure you check out Circle City Cinema too. Forgot about, Almost forgot about that one. Scream episode came out on Halloween. You know, fitting episode, fitting day for a horror movie podcast to come out. <laughs> and that came out with Bryce Shaddy. So make sure you check that out. Um, JD, thank you so much for joining me. 
All right, my brother, appreciate you. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you.